better never rest. What is up, everybody? It's Sunday afternoon, and it is the Georgia Show. We ain't competing with the NFC and AFC Championship games today. We're going to get to you before that, let you know a little bit about what's going on the weekend, talk about this day in Georgia history. Uh, Rusty Mansell's got a nice little uh, story to tell us uh, about the time he almost died a little while back and uh, almost froze to death. And uh, we're going to talk about this conference championship weekends and the Bulldogs involved um, with uh, with the Bulldogs was still still a chance to get to the Super Bowl, uh, but Rusty man, let's talk about this weekend. Um, we kind of previewed it. Now let's recap it a little bit. What was going on at the University of Georgia this weekend for those who did not know? Well, first of all, I give you a little props because if you remember last week, we did the, we kind of had the discussion on which coach could pay their cable bill. Ah, money. yes, and. Taught us some sources in that building, and I guess somebody over there got a hold of that clip, and they had a unanimous poll in the office, and everybody said Todd Hartley would be the only one that could log in and pay his bills. So you were spot on, and I was told that Stacy Searle said, "Hell no, there's no way I can do it." So I was wrong. When's, when's the last time Stacy Searle's downloaded an app on his phone? You think? There's, there's no, there's no telling. But, Maybe uh, never. But I, I was told that 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 got circulating through some coaching threads uh, <laughs> over there. So well, somebody's watching it. So I'm glad to know that got over there. But Todd Hartley, you were right. Todd Hartley was unanimous, number one, that he could log on and pay his cable bill. So good job. You, you were spot on that. So. Uh, good. Hey, now now um, it'll be you know 11 more years and a couple of eclipses before I'm right again. <laughs> Yeah, big weekend here in Athens. Uh, Terry Bussey is still on campus right now. It's uh, 12, a little after 12.30 on Sunday. He'll finish up here in the next hour or so and, and go back. Uh, got some notes I'm going to post here in a couple, probably an hour or so on Dogs HQ and kind of what I'm hearing behind the scenes on that. But really kind of quiet there. Uh, Matt Zeller is a quarterback uh, from, uh, we reported from Philadelphia area, the 2025 quarterback. And if you hadn't watched his tape, go watch it. And uh, he's, a, he's a guy, I think, um, I think that was only two they had this weekend, but I did talk to some recruits. I was texting a few. I'm, I'm starting my where I get out on the road and start to go. I, I like to watch the kids work out, and I don't go while the coaches are on the road because I don't want to get that. That's their time. So I set my calendar for February, and I always try to go see kids work out. And um, I was talking to a lot of kids. Like, what's your visit plan? Sounds like Georgia, Alabama on Wednesday is going to be a pretty deep recruiting list so that's kind of news uh that we'll we'll, we'll start uh, working on uh we obviously knew next weekend was going to be a big recruiting weekend but sounds like wednesday night in athens they're going to take advantage of that as they should that's a my, massive basketball game and and uh look there'll be some guys over there for georgia some top targets in town hey man it's it- the it's so weird how these weekends are so different like last weekend they were essentially off, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? What do you mean? Oh yeah, they, they, Kirby Smart never. Kirby Smart has never done. You know, and right or wrong, it's not. This, this is not wrong. It's just the, the the change. Mark Rick would do junior days like every weekend. It'd be 40, 50 guys, and and uh, that that was just kind of the way it was back then. But one of the things that Kirby Smart implemented when he got here was, hey, we're only going to do a couple. And I want this thing to be real exclusive, kind of, and I want it to be really small. And and basically, if you're over here on one of these these January junior 
underclassmen days, you're 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 a legit target. And they only take like 20, 25 kids and, and they want to make sure they can spend that time and and uh, not get kind of overwhelmed and have a kid have a bad experience. So uh, not saying one's right or wrong, but that's been yeah. the philosophy of Kirby Smart. And also the calendar sped up so much. It's totally different recruiting than what Mark Rick uh, and those guys went through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, there was a time there, and it's not as possible now because they can kind of need to be out on the road taking full advantage of this, what's basically become a winter evaluation period with their ability to have contact and watch guys work out. That's but they were, I also remember during the junior days, one of the things Kirby was doing was if a guy could come in on Thursday or if a guy could come in on Wednesday, they'd have two or three here, two or three there, you know, seven or eight on the weekends you know, two or three to begin the next week and stuff like that, take advantage of these holidays and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's 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 wild how these things are different. But one thing Georgia always seems to do, Rusty, and, you you know, you didn't point it out this way, but you alluded to it, was this next weekend is going to be the last weekend before the dead period. They do try to, try to go out with a bang. They do try to make the most of that final weekend. They did it back in that weekend um, – you know, in, in the summer when you're mostly live for about five weeks and then you got three weeks off, um, you know, for dead period. And then that last weekend before the season starts is, is open, they had a ton of kids come into town for that to try and get that. Now, it didn't pay off all that great. Didn't get LJ McCray or anybody like that. But they seem to kind of try to go out and go into these dead periods with a bang. Well, they're going to have this weekend. Obviously, yeah. it's going to be headlined by Julian uh, Juju Lewis, the quarterback out of Carrollton, who's at Colorado right now. Uh, he was at Auburn last weekend. He'll be at Georgia next weekend. And uh, this time next Sunday, those guys will be leaving, and the dead period will start. And, those and, and gosh, they need it. I mean, these kids need it. These coaches need it. I would love for, uh, for February and March to be dead. That way it allows those kids to kind of regroup, uh, allows the coaches to be – if you give them February and March dead, it allows the coaches to be able to coach – and be around the players on campus more mm-hmm. and, and spend more time. That's what I hear from coaches like, man, when it's February, when it's March and those recruiting business open back up, you're right back in it. And you don't get to spend enough time with your guys heading into spring practice. So it wouldn't hurt be February, March to be dead and, and let these parents slow it down. Let these kids slow it down, work out, get your winter workout at your school, play sports, play basketball, play baseball, do all that kind of put recruiting on the back burner for a minute because once April hits and May, and now June is the month. Mm-hmm. Like June is the month for it's power month. five, power five schools. June is the month. So uh, I do think that those, uh, I do think those, uh, um, you know, this that month of February is important for everyone to kind of to recharge, slow down and, and uh, gather up, but it, it will be a big weekend next weekend as we, as we get that list together and, um, but obviously, we already know that uh, Juju Lewis will be in town, the 2025 quarterback. I think ESPN ranked him number one in the country. They re-ranked him number one in the country. So uh, for 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 their rankings, now that's not for us. We haven't we haven't went through. Big news on Monday will be um, a 2020 2024 rankings release. The final rankings release for own three. We are the we are the last of the uh, major recruiting. Um, services industry media uh that that do these and um uh, it's interesting kind of interesting i'll leave it at that we 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 had we shared some text last night and i think people are i think there'll be some people surprised at who got a five star um you know and and and, and who do, who don't have a five star anymore but we'll, we'll see uh those things get released i believe on monday around noon and you'll start seeing that but 
Um, it's going to be the, the, the final uh, rankings of the entire industry will be released on Monday. Jumping back to what you were talking about about March, it makes a lot of sense too because no no high schools are doing spring practice during that time. So it doesn't really, you know, there's no reason for coaches to be on the road during that time. Uh it's for evaluation. They've they're starting up spring practice. So yeah, I mean, any any amount of time they can give guys to to have off, maybe hit it back in April. Um there's isn't there another dead period in May at some point in there a couple weeks before June gets going? Uh so I'm not sure. So I think spring do. evaluation starts on like April 1st, doesn't it? And then yeah, April, and then, April, I think it's April 15th through May 31st. Oh, okay, okay. And then, right. the, and then then there's a that it's not a dead period, but the coaches can't be on the road. I don't think they have to be on campus working their own camp. I have to be working at camp. So uh, and that's the, when the, the official visits start. The next major one after this one will be like the June 25th through July 25th which is the yeah. best damn thing they've done. Give these everybody a month off. I mean, everybody a month off. Yeah. So, Evan Grimes, I would not do college football commissioner, but I could tell you if I sit in a room uh, with some people that I've been doing this long enough to know both sides of it, what parents don't like and what coaches don't like. And I'm telling you, everybody in this process would be open to February and March being dead. Because you want to keep college coaches in and, and get let them breathe with everything they go through, give them February and March dead to where they can just focus on their guys on campus. Yeah, let them focus on the guys in their their room. Um, I give I'll give one note because I, I want to look at Kevin G. I believe he said, "Who do they partner Bussy with on his visit?" I don't know that, but one, one person told me last night, and this is this is kind of the reality of it. They had a dinner with him last night, and several Georgia players went on that dinner, which is which is good. But Tavares Robinson met some of the players last night for the first time. Well, why is that? Well, he's been on the road recruiting for Georgia. You know, he, he's meeting the guys on campus. He's meeting some of those guys on campus, you know, for the first time. Uh, if he didn't recruit them, he didn't know them. So, you know, you allow these guys to spend February and March, if it's dead, you allow them to get more time. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a, such a – this is crazy time, and – I know these coaches are looking forward to, to getting done with this last week and kind of putting the portal behind them, putting recruiting behind them, and getting to focus on their roster, getting in to see these freshmen work out for the first time, getting in to see how their guys are in the room and those types of things and kind of get re recharged and refocused on their rosters on campus. Uh, probably would have been a better time to talk about this uh, on – Thursday when we met Thursday morning to to for the Georgia show. But all right, let's look at this Terry Bussey video. Listen, there's no inside information just yet. Um, you know, I'm sure you're gonna be digging with it for it all day to kind of see how that visit went. What would have been yeah. your pitch? You know, if you if you were the guy that you're sitting there, hey, you know, you're you got to give Kirby and Glenn Schumann and all these guys kind of a notebook on how you wanted or how you think that that they can sell it to Terry Bussey to maybe let Georgia be that dark horse and come a little bit out of left field to, to get him. What, what would you have been telling him if you were the Georgia staff? There's – if he if he does end up at Georgia, to me it's one reason, and it's because he has better relationships with, okay. Georgia, with Georgia coaches. Because here's what I'm saying. His commitment to Texas A&M, all those guys that recruited him are gone. So now there's a new staff there. Um, and they're going to have their shot at him next weekend. Well, what was the other school that everybody said was majorly in it? It was LSU. Well, guess what? LSU has another a, a brand new defensive staff too. So, 
uh, Dante Williams and Tavares Robinson both recruited him for USC and Alabama. So they know him. So you get those guys in Athens. And that's kind of how this thing unfolded. Nobody really knew how much was going on until he went to the Under Armour game and he got interviewed because he doesn't do many interviews. When he got to the Under Armour game, he goes, oh, yeah, I'm taking an OV to Georgia now. And everybody's like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. So that's kind of how this thing is unfolded. So if Georgia has a chance, that's the crack kind of in the door is they have really good relationships with him from prior schools. Uh, These are new guys. So. You know, Texas A&M will have him on campus next weekend. Obviously, verbally committed there. I think he's, what, two hours from campus there. So, you know, I, we'll, we'll post some thoughts there. But, you know, Georgia's – I've said – I've been consistent in this one message. Georgia's going to take a swing here. And for them to invest, you know, flights and going to see him. And, you know, you kind of – the next thing you want to watch is when does Kirby Smart going home this week? Yeah. So that, that's kind of what you want to see. What night is that? those types of things so with a five-star like that you know but i did ask around some people and i said look is he a wide receiver is he a db what's his preference and from everybody i talked with he's fine playing db you know and you'd be crazy not to get him some offensive snaps if you were to get him you know what i mean like he's 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 electric on the offensive side of the ball too so um you know that's kind of that's kind of the the how this kind of unfolded and how georgia has him on campus right now yeah, I'm really interested to see when Kirby tries to go in home with him or, or when Kirby does go in home with him as well because we're down here to the – man, I remember this used to be the time of year, man. This used to be it. This used to be like – you know, this was the this the next to the last. This was always my favorite signing days to cover too when that when the Ooh. when the when that Wednesday was a late Wednesday, you know, like when it, was, when it wasn't the first or the second, that first Wednesday of February – um, you know, this okay. year it's going to be your full weekend. I always loved it when you could get that last one in um, on February 2nd or 3rd. Those were fun to cover, man. I'm about no. That wasn't damn fun to cover. You talk- <laughs> <laughs> you BS on a Sunday. Man, you remember when Georgia would have like 10 official visits and they were like all takes. Mm-hmm. And then they would leave at 1 o'clock and everybody, all, all, everybody in the recruiting industry was trying to get in touch with those kids. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was brutal. That was brutal trying to get information. And, you know, it's just one of those deals. I, I loved it, though, because we were all on equal footing, you know, because you and I competed with each other there for oh, a few yeah. years. It's been a long time since we've had to do it. We've been on the same team for a long time, for most of the last 10 me. years. But Sundays were- those sun- I tell you what, though, man, I, I used to dig it because if you did get that kid on the phone, um, this yeah. is so inside baseball here, but if you did get that kid on the phone, you were just like, "Yes, yeah, I got it." Oh yeah, you know, like I mean, you uh, felt like you had something well, nobody else had. Also learned too a valuable lesson is that, what, and I've said it for years: the old visit high. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you, you don't want to know what the kid wants, what he's thinking on Sunday because he just came out of two days of Athens, two and a half, two and a half days in Athens. Obviously, he's gonna have a great time. I want to know what he was thinking on Tuesday at lunch. You know what I yeah. mean? When you settle, when you go back to school and and all that stuff, um, when you go back to school on Monday and then on Tuesday, you'd be like, all right, what what he's he really thinking now? So that that was kind of how I I I learned through the years. This time of year is the only reason, Rusty, that I feel like I'm probably still in this business, is because back in the day when you were talking about those nightmare Sundays or whatever, mm-hmm. your boy was gonna be in his car on the way to one of these boys' high schools on Monday morning. Oh, every yeah. single time 
and I would oh, go yeah. and I'd, I, I would go talk to the, if I had to talk to the principal or the secretary or the high school football coach or whatever, I was going to catch him between classes or after I was going to get in front of that kid and get an interview. I couldn't help myself. So I get a text message from Dale McGee. Um, what was that? 2011 email, something from Dale McGee, head coach of Carver Columbus. Yeah. High school. And it was to me and Chad Simmons. And he said, y'all need to call me today. And it was like two weeks before signing day. And I called him and I said, coach, what's going on? He said, he said, if you want to interview Isaiah Crowell, you better come to school tomorrow because the school district has shut it down. And he said, there's nobody coming in this building. No more, no more media is coming in. And that's what we were doing. People were going in during the day because Isaiah would talk if you went to see him. Yeah. I drove from, from Rome to Columbus almost every Monday because it was just, it was just as much, you know, everybody was such a high profile recruit, but I'll never forget. Uh, is it Muskogee County? Is that Columbus? I think Muskogee. Yeah. I think I they shut it down the school district and said it's becoming a distraction because there were so many coaches going in there. There was so much media going at that school. They just basically said, stop it. And, and thank God coach McGee called, you know, me and Chad both. I think Chad, I was working for, I was working for 24 seven and Chad was working for rivals, I believe. And, uh, so we both went down there and, uh, I remember pulling the parking lot and Chad was pulling out. And I was like, well, I'm about to get my story and sat down with Isaiah. Of course he didn't say a whole lot at that time and, uh, got my last story. And for two weeks, you just had to wait, but that was crazy. Yeah. I, the, the guys I remember on that one was, uh, um, Laramie Tunsil drove down to Lake city, this Monday after his yeah. official visit, uh, Josh Harvey Clemens used to have to go down there and get in front of him. He didn't talk on the phone. Yep. Um, Montrevious Adams was another one. I didn't go George's way, but I I went down there a few times. Man, I had it. I was I was in good Montrevious, and and then uh, when Rodney Garner left Georgia and went mm -hmm. to Auburn that year, I was like, that's a wrap. That that's a you can you forget going down there again. And sure enough, it, Rodney Garner. I think Rodney Gar left in December, and uh, and then by yep. January it was it was a wrap. So yeah, that, that was Hawaii. Who somebody checked in from Hawaii? Um, I see that. I don't know. I'm seeing. I'm Let seeing. Let me get the weather report, my man. Checking from in, Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Yeah, my oh, man, man, Mike Free. I like it, Mike. I need to know yeah. a weather. I need to know a weather report, Mike. So glad to have you. Um, I'll 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 go this one because I saw it this morning, and um, ten years ago, Snowmageddon in Atlanta. No, oh. if, if you hadn't seen the Saturday Night Live skit on that one, they did a couple of months after, or a couple of weeks after. It's one of the greatest ever because obviously the country didn't understand we weren't ready for an ice storm. You know what I mean? Even though it was one inch of snow and ice, it shut us down. But that morning, I go see Lorenzo Carter. And if you don't know, Norcross High School goes to school from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. because of traffic in Atlanta. And they still do that. And buses. And they, they get the kids to school early and they get them home before traffic starts. So Lorenzo Carter was about a week from deciding. Major Georgia target, obviously. Five-star. I think he was number two player in the state, maybe. Or number one. I think it was 2014. I think Lorenzo Carter, Nick Chubb, all those guys in the same class. And I go watch Lorenzo Carter work out at 6 a.m. And you see the forecast. And it's like, okay, it might get a little bit here. I had a Ford Expedition, and that thing 
God rest his soul. I drove that thing all over the world and it got me home that day. So we were good. But about 645 that morning, the coach came in and said, hey, uh, I think we're going to send our kids home. And uh, like right now, and I was like, is that bad? I look outside and you see it kind of starting to sleet a little bit. And I looked on the hood of my car and it was already starting to ice up. Get my car from Norcross. Uh, I don't even remember if I interviewed Lorenzo, to be honest with you, because usually you wait till you get done with, with, with workouts and then you interview him. Get there. I get on 85 South to go back into the connector to get 75 North. And I'm telling you, I got through 75 stop and go a little bit. And I got all the way to Cobb County and I got in the, I hope I'm safe from getting a ticket. I got in emergency lane and I drove all the way basically through Cobb County and I got to an opening to where I could get going. And I'm telling you, I was probably 30 minutes away from being stuck for God knows how long but I barely made it out that morning. I'll never forget that. Thank goodness that the coach told me, he goes, Hey, we're going to send the kids home right now. And, um, you know, I got, I hightailed out of there. Once I saw it building up on my windshield, I knew that was sleet and ice. I was like, Oh boy. But, uh, that, that was some wild times there. Yeah. I was, you know, when you were, when we talked about this pre-show, I was trying to remember what I was doing that day. And I don't think I was out and about, like, I think, uh, there wasn't really many left that class. I think Lorenzo. Yeah, you're right. Lorenzo so, so was one of the, Alvin Kamara was 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 in that class. The next he class, was at North previous class. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was, was in Lorenzo. that. I'll always remember the. Everybody remembers the 2013 classes. The class Georgia took so many guys that didn't pan out. Probably ultimately cost Martin Rick his job. But uh, I oh, just God, I remember. Oh. I'll always remember the guys Georgia missed in that class. Like it was Montrevious. Oh. It was Kamara. It was. Uh, the one that the one that people don't realize, and I don't want to make this a big subject, people don't realize is Miles Jack. Like, oh, oh well, they Georgia, almost yeah, Miles Jack should have been a bulldog. Yeah, the right people didn't want Miles Jack. Oh, um, my man, Brand, my man Ben Brandenburg will tell you to this day, mm-hmm. I did everything I could, man. I did everything I could. I stood on the table for Miles Jack and. That I, you know, I've always heard he wanted in, like he wanted oh, to be at Georgia, and they just let me nah. give you this. One. Let me give you this, because because we weren't around then. Twenty four seven composite, twenty thirteen. Robert Kimdichie, first rounder. Didn't get him. This is one through five. Montrevious Adams, NFL first rounder. Carl Lawson, number three, NFL first rounder. Didn't get him. Von Bell, who was the number one pick in the second round, who still starts today. Uh, then Alvin Kamara, who's an all pro. Uh, we got Trey Matthews, Demarcus Robinson, Kelsey Griffin, Trey Johnson, Isaac Rochelle, who's still playing some, uh, Joshua Dobbs, who's still playing some, you know, that, that, that top of that class. Here's another thing. Now, don't forget this. When I mentioned this, Robert Kim Montrevious Adams, Carl Lawson, Von Bell and Alvin Kamara, top five in Georgia, top Really good pro players. Oh, by the way, you know who moved out of the, who moved out of state in that class? Reuben Foster. Yeah. So that 2013 was nasty in Georgia. Those yeah, days, it was. It was. Kirby Smart had been here. 
they 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 would they they would have got three of those five. Yeah, they would have done a better job with those five. Um, you know, and uh, you know, look, Von Bell's a little bit misleading. He grew up in Tennessee, moved across the border to because his mom taught there after retiring and all that stuff. I mean, that one was one, but they weren't all like that. And listen, they made some bad evals. Georgia didn't want Carl Lawson. Um, they didn't, uh, and that was I remember when he blew up at that Rising Seniors game. I had never heard of him, and then. We go to Rise of Georgia Seniors did, that week, and it was insane. Georgia at that time, mm-hmm. it's not Mark Rick, so I'm not gonna not gonna get into Mark. Mark Rick let people make their evaluations, okay, mm-hmm. like you should do. Yeah, but Georgia didn't make a move on Raquan McMillan, and he wound up being a first rounder. Mm-hmm. Who was a linebacker from Camden that wound up being a first rounder? Gerard Davis. Gerard Davis. That did. Yep. did. So Georgia did not move on that i'll tell you this if i ever write a book I'll, I'll add this part the day that some people left georgia to go to another job john Lilly, who recruited making county high school called and offered uh roquan smith himself himself because georgia had not offered roquan yeah they weren't going to offer roquan and john Lilly was on the offensive side of the ball so he didn't make that call but that was his school and the minute that John Lilly saw a crack, he called and offered Roquan Smith. So when you watch him today, yep. and you think about how that guy ultimately ended up at Georgia through a lot of crazy twists and turns, yes. you, owe, you owe John Lilly a, a, a damn big thank you because there were some guys on the previous staff that did not offer Roquan. They thought he was too small. He weighed 190 pounds in high school. And what a decision by John Lilly, who is at the Carolina Panthers now. And – uh with Thomas Brown or, or wherever that staff is going. But uh, John Lilly, everybody owes him one today because that was a hell of a eval that he did. He immediately called and offered Roquan. He said, you got one from Georgia. You'll never go another day without this. So, Perfect segue. Uh, Roquan is one of several Bulldogs playing today. One of the reasons we're doing the show the way we're doing it, we're not trying to compete with uh, with uh, the, the NFC Championship game a little later on. Um, but Baltimore – um, Roquan Smith, uh, Nick Moore. I don't know if he's active right now. So. Uh, Mike McDonald as the uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, Todd Munkin, obviously, with his ties to Georgia. A lot of Ravens ties um, within the, in that team. Is there Ben Cleveland as well? Um, you know, still around. Ben Cleveland getting a big uh, help on a squirrel dumplings and gravy for the game today. I'm sure. Um, kind of warm his innards up. And then um, uh, the Chiefs, obviously, Miko Hardman, uh, Malik Herring. Nico's got to have a better game this week. He does. He does. I will say this, you know, I, I tell you, you can tell why the Chiefs are such a successful organization. Um, Travis Kelsey on his podcast uh, was talking about how every time he has seen Miko since that fumble, he's apologized. And he's apologized because he said that it was his guy that got off the block and hit Miko right as he was going down to force the fumble. Tell you what, man, when there's that kind of accountability – I'm not saying it was his fault. I don't think it oh, was. I, I, it, it is. But when coach. there's that kind of accountability, that's why yeah. you're good. You know, Kansas that's why City, you're really Kansas, good. Kansas City's a culture. And, yeah, uh, they. You know, Miko Andy, Andy Reid's one of the greatest guys, greatest coaches to ever do it in this sport. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if Miko, he doesn't win another Super Bowl championship. He is one of the best to ever do it. Miko Harmon uh, broke his commitment on live TV. Always owe him for that, and you know, when the MVP counts, company I own and. Just great, but he knows better to reach for that goal line. And he I does. I guarantee you, he will never do that again. I heard Andy Reid talk about it, and 
you know, he very gave a lot of uh, compliments to Miko because Kadarius Tony is out again. So that means Miko's going to get snaps today. But, you know, he, he also, re you know, basically said, hey, you don't reach for the goal line. You just don't do it. And we, we taught that. And uh, I guarantee you that Miko Hardman will not reach for that goal line ever again like that. But I will say that, uh, you know, I was watching a pregame show, NFL, and you want to watch something special, man. This Ravens defense, there's a lot of attention on Lamar Jackson. There should be because he is a special, special player. But, man, their defense – that that their defense is the best in the NFL. They they yeah. are the best. It will get after your ass. And Mike McDonald, what a great job he has done. Uh, going to get Roquan Smith for them was a game changer. And and I'm excited to watch Patrick Mahomes today go against this defense because last week Buffalo had no prayer style. Up no. Uh, that game that game went overtime. It was still a wrap. But but today. They're gonna earn yards because they this this is this is the dudes on defense. And if Munkin can get them any points today, uh if he can get 21, 24 out of that offense, they're they're gonna be hard to beat, man, because you have to earn every single inch against that defense. I tell you what, too, what's another state of Georgia guy that Georgia would have loved to have played for him is Kyle Hamilton. And man, my hey, McDonald well, moves Kyle Hamilton all over the place. He that is one, uh that and, one was interesting whew. too. Yeah, because, because he kind of blew up late. Um, if you don't know, Kyle Hamilton's dad played uh, basketball in Europe, and um, I didn't know that his dad played basketball semi-pro or something in Europe, and he just kind of came out of nowhere out of Marist, and you start seeing this guy, and you're like, damn, in person, he is a he is a freak, man, and um, he 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 was a rapid riser in the rankings, and just really Ooh, that's a lot he of yards. He had no ties to Georgia, you know, there yeah. wasn't. He wasn't here long. I don't, I don't think he lived here like three or four years. I think I'm right on that. And uh, but but Georgia would love to have Kyle Hamilton because he is a. I remember seeing him. Uh, I think he was a true freshman. I think he was a freshman that 2019 game. Mm -hmm. uh, he came on the field. I was like, my goodness, dude, look at that guy. I mean, he he was legit safety, and he has been hell uh, for the Ravens. In a lot of ways, he's one of one just in terms of that size and speed and all that. I mean, he just stands out in the secondary. You just don't see guys that big. I mean, I think that's what everybody was hoping James Williams was going to be when he went to Miami and it hadn't quite panned out as well as it did uh, for Kyle Hamilton. But the way they move him around and, and they do stuff, man, that's going to be a fun game to watch, though, because it's hard to bet against Patty Mahomes in the playoffs. Um, you know, it's almost like, you know, you know that the Chiefs will find a way. Um, and so, you know that they've got their hands full trying to deal with Lamar, and that Chiefs defense is really good too. It's up uh, front. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really excited to see it. And then you got in the other game. Um, obviously, the Lions do not have a bulldog, but uh, the 49ers do. They got Charlie Warner and uh, Chris Conley, the ageless, not ageless really, but the you just can't kick him out of the NFL. I guess yeah, everybody loves speed, man. Think about this: you got two players from the state of Georgia playing in the NFC Championship game. From North Paulden High School and Raven County. <laughs> and Raven County, baby. Raven County. And Ooh. hey, and couldn't be two more two couldn't be two more diametrically different individuals in terms of trying to talk. I know Charlie came out of his shell a little bit um, from being at Georgia and doing some media. But Jake Roos will tell you right now, he he went up to see um Charlie Warner in high school. He said, I asked him two questions. He said, and I swear to God, he looked at me like he could kill me. He looked at me he like no I, I have no time for you right now. He had no cell phone. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I remember that. I, I was speaking at Cartersville Country Club for 
I don't even know what it was, a, a football banquet, something. And I looked down at my phone and it said, Charlie Warner just committed to Georgia. And it was one of the only times that I never tried to check on him because there was not going to be in response. I just stepped out and I wrote a story. I got a story written on 24 seven and we broke it. And there wasn't one quote. There wasn't one thing. It was Charlie <laughs> to Georgia because there wasn't going to be any story. Yeah. You knew nobody was going to have a quote on that one. There wasn't going to be any quote. And I was like, okay, then, but, uh, you know that was you better a, uh, you better put a uh, you better put a neon vest on and go walk around in the woods somewhere up in in Tiger Georgia if you're gonna try to get a quote. You know Scott Warner, his uncle, is uh, obviously he he just went into the uh, Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame, I believe. Yeah. This past year, and we were talking to him, and he lives. I think he has a mountain home somewhere up there, and he has no Wi-Fi, no no nothing. He lives day to day, brother. I mean, this man lives a little house on the prairie. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And good on him for sticking around the NFL. You know that it takes me back to you remember the 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 camp that he went to at Georgia because um, I remember Bobo. You know, I remember Bobo saying um, I heard him say it to somebody else. He's like, That's, Bobo thought he loved that workout, like it was a tremendous workout when Charlie came to Georgia and did all that. Well. Charlie's a blocking tight end in the NFL. This lets you know just how how tough and how competitive and how great you've got to be. He is one of the free, biggest freak athletes I've ever seen in my life in that setting um, in yeah. terms of size and speed and everything else. And he's a blocking tight end in the NFL. Yeah, he's also um, the, what's that? So, he's also playing alongside Kittle, who's – yeah, but you know, but what I'm saying you know. is like that's how great you've got to be. Like that's how oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, that, it's just the bar is so high, man. It is so high to get into a star role in that level. And obviously, Chris Conley, um, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. That combine, him ripping it up, sticking around in the NFL as long as he could. Great kid. Um, you know, a lot of Bulldogs playing this weekend, man. And 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 once again for the 23rd straight year, along with LSU, both Georgia and LSU on the same plane here. Georgia will have somebody playing uh, playing in the Super Bowl um, this year, and I'll make twenty three straight seasons. Um, and uh, depending on who wins, if it's San Francisco as expected and Baltimore as expected, then some Georgia Bulldog is going to get a championship ring again well, this weekend too. So, don't tell um, my eight year old daughter, but I'm pulling for the, the Ravens. So, are you? Yeah, I, I'm pulling for Roquan and Ben. I think those yeah. guys, you know, kind of you know those kids, you know, and meet them so early um and um just mike mcdonald you know good dude yeah. man you know mike as well you know mike as well as anybody and uh i just i just dude, would like to see them like to see those guys win one uh you know especially how the you know roquan those guys kind of finished it off here at georgia and came up a play short so it would be good to see those guys win the super bowl and yeah it would uh, and then honestly it'd be it'd be great to see it'd be great to see a mismatch of that san francisco uh Baltimore game, the two best teams in in football basically this year in the regular season, and a a, a rematch of that uh, of that Christmas Day game that kind of got away from the Niners. Um, it'd be a great mm. to see that rematch, and yeah, I'd love to see the ball. I'd love to see Baltimore win a Super Bowl. I wonder. I wonder if uh, I know so there'll be some UGA staff. If, if the Ravens go, there'll be some UGA staff that Super Bowl. They're, yeah, they're tight with some of those. I bet you. I don't know if Kirby would roll up in to Vegas, but I bet you'll be a couple of those guys, some of those staff members out there. 
Well, Todd Monk is going to get his opportunity here in a couple hours, and then uh, you know, excited to watch some football today, man. I might uh, I might smoke up some wings or something here a little later. I've I've kind of had the smoker rolling all weekend, but uh, all right, guys, we uh, we got tomorrow night bark after dark. If you're a loyal listener, bark after dark. We got former Georgia offensive lineman Brandon Cablano. You may or may not recognize him when you see him. I swear to God, we were not. We won't have an impersonator in here. He's just uh, he's just about a third as big as he used to be. Um, he's, he's healthy kid now. Um, he's, he's, he's not trying to keep the weight on anymore. And then we'll be back with you with, uh, with the Georgia show on Tuesday and Thursday. So make sure you're here, like, and subscribe. We love you. We appreciate you. And, uh, y'all have a great Sunday. Go watch some football.